0: Hello, welcome off Curve. I'm Wicked Good, and I am talking to you about Hearthstone as I am driving home from work. It is Thursday, February 13th, 2020, uh, and one day before Valentine's Day. So, happy Valentine's Day to you, all of you that celebrate it, I suppose. Um, it's been a rough month, and I think that a lot of it is the the staggered rollout of Galakron's Awakening has really been kind of rough for me because I'm you know as as we've talked the last you know a couple weeks and and I've had you know I went through a whole lot of my improvement regimen last time and whatnot but one thing that that I don't know if I made clear through that is that I need a lot of reps on a deck to kind of grok it. And that's hard right now. That's real hard. Because the meta changes every Tuesday. And, you know, throughout the week. And it's, it's hard to keep up with it. And by the time that you master a deck, like Warlock was kind of my bread and butter for a while. Like the Galakrond Warlock. That's not really been a deck lately. And I've been trying to figure out what to replace it with. Um, Rogue is fine, but, you know, there's so many mirror matches and just decks that kind of prey on it now that I'm, I'm not super excited about it. Um, I've been playing some Highlander Hunter. That works okay. I, I found a list today that Viper posted that cut this, cuts the secret package together and just kind of puts in more stuff. And that's been working reasonably well with me. I, I was playing a few games over lunch. I got myself up to the, like the middle of rank three. And that's... Given that I fell down to four last night, and I, I'm not actually sure if I took my ADD meds before in the afternoon yesterday, which may have explained why I was losing so much in, like, everything. Not just Hearthstone. Like, Hearthstone, TFT, Ritaron, like, every... i I like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not playing this... I'm not doing well in this game. Let me go over that game. Okay, still suck at that game. <laughs> okay, maybe it's... Maybe the problem isn't the games. Maybe it's just me. But... Um, you know, climb back up to middle of rank three. It's been... I've just been trying to learn what's out there and learn the approaches that the decks are taking. And its it's been a little bit of a struggle. Like, the new Dragon Hunter, I am not a fan of. I played a decent amount of Quest Druid with, the, um, with Rising Winds, which feels really good, and there's been a couple different takes on that. And uh, if you watch my stream, and, and for those of you who don't know, I usually stream Monday nights at 8, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I found a res priest and I really like it. So superior David, who's a, a friend of mine, who's a streamer, I DM would me at like one 30 in the morning, his time and he says it's on uh, on Pacific time. So like four 30 in the morning, my time on, on uh Saturday morning, like here, you need to play this. Like I tried a couple games of this and I didn't really like it. And he's like, no, seriously, you need to play this deck. So, I was watching his stream on Saturday. It's a Galakrond Resurrect Priest that just runs two copies of Time Rip and Galakrond basically is removal on like a late game value package. And it was able to get rid of some of the things like Shadow War Death um, and some of the more like targeted removals and just, just and, and some of the, the fancier stuff like Batterhead and whatever. And also puts in two uh, Bad Luck Albatrosses. So, the idea is you're shutting down the Highlander decks. And you're also just shuffling a bunch of one ones into the other decks, so that they're they're drawing one ones. And if you can get started that way, like if you can get the, the albatross off to a very early start, like turn three albatross, turn four Psycho Bomb, like you can shut down a lot of draws. And it's I, I've been having some some disagreements with Blister Guy in his Discord lately because he's been throwing a lot of shade at the deck on Walk to Work lately, and I keep telling him like No, you need to try the deck because it's a lot more powerful than it looks." And the albatrosses actually do a fair amount for you, uh, because, like, yeah, you're shutting off three high three cards in a Highlander deck. Those are the three cards you really want to be shutting off, because those are the th- those are the reasons you're playing a Highlander deck. So they're like the most powerful cards in the deck a lot of the time. But even if you're not doing that, right? Just like drawing a one mana one one when you want to be drawing like literally anything else, is is really impactful, and it can you know you see a lot of the 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 one ones come down and those are draws that they would have made that were otherwise cards in their deck. So it's, it's not unreasonable. And when you get started, like I've had games where deck tracker gave up counting because I I shuffled more than nine in and deck tracker just stops counting after that. And, and you can, you can see like, it does make a difference. Like when you're getting value every turn from your Galakrond hero power and they're just drawing one ones, like it makes a difference. You need to be a little bit careful in the control matchups and like not play the albatrosses and not play a cloning gallery until you've drawn both albatrosses because you're if you're going to fatigue you kind of can't do that and let them get ahead of you in fatigue. And those matches can be a little bit more more challenging. But uh, you know I played it. I, I had a decent win rate with it on stream Monday night. You can go check catch the vod for that. We had some fun games too. Like I've I. I can you know control priest is my happy place like if you've been listening to this show for a while that's no that's no shock right like i like i am at i am at my happiest when i am playing control priest it is my favorite archetype in the game like second to none and it's it's hard because the games are long and when you're trying to climb to legend it's a little bit it, it can take a long time especially if your win rate is not like 70% with it which it, it really hasn't been but, and there are some of those games, especially the longer control games, where if you have, like, one brain fart, which I did in one stream last night, where or Monday night, rather, where I was playing against a Quest Priest and I knew I didn't, needed to not play the Cloning Gallery and then I played it anyway with one Albatross on my deck and I lost. Basically because of that. Um, you know, in those long control games when you, you kind of have one brain fart and you're done. But I do enjoy that challenge. And I, I just like, the style of deck. Like, the style of deck where I can sit back and react and, you know, I, I feel like I understand those matchups a lot better because I know, especially when I know what I'm playing around because I just know how to meter out my my removals and and get value from them. So, I was really enjoying that. I would like to play it more. I don't know how much I'm going to play it before I get to Legend, assuming I get to Legend. Um, but it is a very, very good deck. And it takes a lot of... You know, it's a very difficult deck to play, but it, I find it very fun. But then again, my idea of fun is sometimes very different than everyone else's idea of fun at Hearthstone. So I will I will definitely admit that. And and if you are allergic to long games, then yeah, this is maybe not for you. But it was for me, and I've I've been enjoying it when I've gotten to play it. So, this week... I wasn't sure what I wanted to talk about this week, and then... Um, Ixar kind of gave me an assist by posting some data. And now that means we get to talk about data, which is, you know, what I like to do. So we're going to talk about some data. So Ixar posted, he's been starting to post these kind of pseudo meta reports based on the data that he has access to um, through Blizzard servers. And he's been posting, there was one one uh, post that he made a couple of weeks ago where he was just kind of posting what the top five decks were in terms of, of win rate. And he's been doing this again yesterday, mainly just to show how much the meta has been changing, which is kind of their goal through doing the Galakrond's awakening event in general is, is to be like shifting the meta up and keeping it from being too stagnant. So he posted this thread on the, um, on the Blizzard forums And basically taking win rates from, like, three or four days sequentially, February 8th through the 11th, and just posting, like, the top five decks by win rate. So, like, the 8th, it was, like, Quest Hunter, 55%, Aggro Warrior, Galakrond Warrior, Highlander Hunter, Met Paladin. On the 9th, it was Quest Hunter, Galakrond Warrior, Highlander Hunter, Res Priest, hey, and uh, Galakrond Rogue. And then the next day it was Galacron Warrior, then Mech Paladin, Res Priest, Quest Hunter, Highlander Hunter. And the following day it was Combo Priest, Galacron Warrior, Dragon Hunter, Mech Paladin, and Quest Druid. So you have like a bunch of a bunch of decks that are that are shuffling up and down. You have decks appearing out of nowhere effectively. And he's he's talking about, you know, rank five, I believe rank five to legend. Rank three to legend. So Approximately the top one percent of ladder players, so the you know the best players who are playing the game, um, where you're if you're listening, you're you're playing or you would like to be playing, right? Like and and it's significant because that that kind of trickles down eventually. Like the the legend players kind of shape the meta. They're trying new things. They're trying things out at legend. Those things immediately make it to like the rank five to legend folks, and then those um those trickle down a little bit further down to. 10 to, uh, 10 to five and then and then 15 to 10 uh, just because it takes a little bit longer for those there are more players at those ranks and they need to get beaten by those things a little bit more in order to uh, to give up and try them so he was saying that the current top five decks for ranks 10 to 15 were mech paladin phase hunter token Druid and big Druid and Highlander hunter so a lot of like aggro or or big fast midrange right which is not all that surprising when you're thinking about like the those ranks and, and people who are trying to climb faster and trying to you know get more games in like though and, and those those decks are perceived to be easier to play. I don't know that they actually are. We've had this conversation about how aggro is not really that much less difficult than control, but people seem to think that it is. And those are also tend to be cheaper decks you have a lot more people with incomplete collections or, or budget or free-to-play players at those ranks. And something like a face hunter or a token druid is generally a little bit easier to put together than, say, Resurrect Priest with all the legendaries and, and epics and stuff like that that are not going to be used in any other deck. So this is um this is it's good again, it's good good transparency. It's good communication from the team. This is the kind of thing that we want to see. And those numbers are, you will, you will notice may not be lining up with what you're used to seeing in HS replay or in uh, the vicious syndicate meta report to which, which prompted this other article from Corbett who was digging into um, expect, whether this is expected win rate or actual win rate, win rate. So XR has been asked and he said that these are actual win rate. This is, Hard statistics. This is wins divided by losses for those deck archetypes. Done. The, the pretty much the simplest, the simplest metric that you can get out of that data. It is just wins divided by total games played. That's win rate. And and Corbett posted this this th- uh, thread on Reddit, and and I'll link to it in the show notes, and I recommend you read it. And it is actually very very well structured, and it's um, it, it makes the argument for why you should be using an expected win rate. Um, And and this is why I wanted to talk about this today, because I, I think that it's important. So it's important to understand when you're using a metric, who is going to be using that metric and what they're going to be using that metric for. And as somebody who's using data to improve your game, you need to be thinking about this too, in terms of what is this data telling me? And how should I be using this? This is the, the one big area where I see a lot of people fail, is they take data that is not intended for the use case that they have, and they force it into that use case. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. And if you're going to do that, that's fine. It's not, there's nothing wrong with you know, using data to do what you're going to do, but you need to understand what that data represents and whether it is actually doing what, you know, proving the case that you want it to prove. Um, you know, like that, one example is, you know, we had this, what, what started some of this data from Mixar, it was, there was a, um, a post on Hearthstone, Hearthstone that was talking about the percentage of players at each rank. And they were using some data from, like, 2014, which I called that out and said, like, you really can't use that because they haven't updated that in, like, five years. And even if they had, the ladder system was completely different. Like, back in 2014, you were grinding from rank... If you got to Legend, you reset at rank 16, and you ground all the way back up to Legend with no floors. You could go from I I had in that era gotten on some ridiculous win streak got myself up to like rank 3 early in the month and then like cannonballed down to like rank 12 and you can't do that anymore so like just the numbers of people who are going to be at, at each rank are going to be different because you can't fall below a certain point so the distribution is necessarily going to change and you know that isn't necessarily showing what you want to be showing and then eventually that that Twitter conversation expanded and someone asked asked XR for those numbers and he put something new together, right? So I want to talk about these numbers in particular, these, these win rate metrics, and then how you should be using them and how you should be approaching this data. Okay, so let's, first of all, let's kind of talk about what these metrics mean. And then we'll talk about like why XR chose to use the one that he did, why Corbett wants to use the one that he does, and who's right? Spoiler alert: They both are. So, actual win rate is again very simple. It is wins divided by games played. So, if I get to legend, I I got to legend with Galakrond Warlock. I had uh, 30. I went 30 and 15 uh, from rank whatever to legend with a 66% win rate. Right, 30 divided by 45 is like 66%. Very simple. It is what happened. Very straightforward. It is again the simplest metric you can have for this. Expected win rate is trying to take that and smooth it out. Because whenever you're looking at an actual win rate, right? You're even when you're aggregating it among thousands of people you're only looking at like what they played against right there, there are a lot of variables that are involved obviously player skill is always going to be one one that you're never going to really be able to um to, to you know smooth away but presumably if you're looking at players the same rank that's a good enough approximation for controlling for player skill right so the other things that are going to influence it are going to be, you know, things like RNG, which is just going to be... You you figure that there's enough... Uh, you know, enough of that is going to regress towards the mean that that's just going to kind of even itself out. But the decks that you queue into are kind of the big... The big variable that you do need to account for, right? Because you're the people who are playing are only playing at a point in time and they're only playing against the decks that they queue into. So... This is also why decks, you know, rise and fall as the decks that they face are, you know, come and go, right? Like, if you are looking at a deck that is terrible against Resurrect Priests, but you don't queue into, into Resurrect Priests because nobody knew it was a deck a week ago, right? So you had you had a great win rate, but you have, like, a terrible win rate against Resurrect Priests, and now Resurrect Priests... Is everywhere, which is either you know a dream or a nightmare, depending on who you are. Then, your experience with that deck is going to be different, and you are not going to get the same win rate that a player with the same level of skill as you is likely to get. And that's what expected win rate tries to do. It takes the um, it, it takes the win rate, it breaks it down by matchup, either by deck or by class, depending on how granular you can afford to go, and what you have the data to do. And it, so it takes all of those individual matchup win rates and then it weights them by the popularity of the, of, of those decks on ladder at whatever this point in time is, right? So let's say that, and, and I'm not really going to do numbers because it's going, I'm driving and I have to have numbers in front of me. It's going to be hard. But if you have, say, 50% Galakron Rogue, Right on the ladder, like that's your that's your distribution. Let's say it's fifty percent Galakron Rogue, twenty five percent Highlander Hunter, twenty five percent and Big and Druid, and there's literally nothing else on the ladder. Right, then the win rate against Galakron Rogue should count twice as much as the decks against the other two, for better or worse, because you're going to run the the expectation is. Again, this is why it's called expected win rate. The expectation is that you're going to run into those decks more often than the others. You're going to run into more rogues. So the win rate against rogues is going to be closer to your average experience than the win rates against other things, right? And the reason that you're doing this is you're looking for a deck to play on ladder, right? Right. So you want to? You don't necessarily care how those decks did, as much as how well is that deck line up against the decks that you're likely to face. And and that's the big difference. You're trying to, it's it's, now Ixar calls it a predictive variable or predictive metric, and and I don't think that's quite accurate either, because it's not really predicting anything, because. It's not like it's not like you're going in and, and running it through an algorithm and having it figure out like what you know, what the best, best decks are. Really all it's doing is a weighted average of the win rates against the decks that you're likely to face, just to make it a little bit more a little bit more reflective of what you're likely to face. Because you, you're you're never gonna have the same exact experience as that person on ladder. Right? Like you're never gonna queue into those decks. This is flawed in its own way. Because the slice of ladder that you're going to see is never going to be exactly what the you know the general population is either. Like you could go, you could look up the meta tab on HS replay and see that it's all rogues and then queue into a string of, of mages, right? Like there's nothing to say it's all probability, but it, it's a better estimate of what you're likely going to see. Than just looking at like the average win rates at a point in time in the past, right? You're kind of taking that like if based on how they performed against these matchups, how would they do today facing the matchups that we're likely to face today? It's a crude. Uh, it's not. It's not the best tool, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of holes there, but it's better than just taking the average win rate and then banging your head against the wall. Like this is also why. Where you're where you're going to see this in HS Replay at least, and I believe that um, that the the live meta tab on Vicious Syndicate does expect it does think by expected win rate as well, as does the meta report. But in the in the meta tab on HS Replay, you're seeing everything by expected win rate. That's how it's sorting everything into tiers. When you're looking at the decks tab, that's all actual win rate. That's what the deck actually did. That's not expected win rate, as I understand it. So, which is why when I'm looking at decks the individual decks tab, I'm usually looking at the graph to see like what the, what the trend was, um, in terms of like what, you know, it was this doing well and then it dropped off, uh, you know, as more people got used to countering it or whatever. Whereas in the meta meta tab, you generally want to limit it to a small window, even though it's going to reduce the sample size just to make sure you're getting the most up-to-date data. Right. So that's the difference between expected win rate and actual win rate so let's get back to this article, right? So, so Ixar was asked, are you using expected win rate or actual win rate? And he's, and he's making the case that, or he's not making the case. He's saying he's using actual win rate. That's the numbers that are there. That's what he's trying to measure. And, and Corbett is making the case that, well, expected win rate would be a better metric for this type of a meta report. And the answer is yes and no. Um, for what I think most people who are seeing those numbers would want to do with them, which is, again, pick a deck for ladder. Yes, Corbett is 100% right. That expected win rate would be a better measure of what one would want to take on ladder than actual win rate. It, it just is, right? It is taking the history and adjusting it based on the current ladder population. However, it's important to understand what context Ixar is putting these numbers out in. Because Ixar, unlike HS Replay and Vicious Syndicate, is not interested in telling you what to play. Right? Like Vicious Syndicate and HS Replay are tools that exist that people pay money for, myself included, to recommend what to play on ladder to improve their odds of climbing, right? That is the reason that those tools exist. As a result, they are more likely to show everything in terms of expected win rate because that is the intended use of the tool. That is not what Ixar is doing. Ixar has posted these numbers to make a point about the success of the balancing in terms of we're this far into Galakrond's Awakening, do we need to be starting to look at nerfs? And from that perspective, Ixar should be using actual run rate. Like, Ixar doesn't care from a balancing perspective about what, your, what your, your ladder experience is going to be if you take one of the best decks or whether these would be the best decks if you took them on now. He is looking purely from the perspective of a final a final design, which is to say that he wants to determine how effective these card changes have been in terms of keeping the meta fluid, and he's measuring meta fluidity in terms of movement of the top win rate decks. You can't use expected win rate for that; it's irrelevant. It you you only care about what is actually working, in from that perspective, and. I can understand being frustrated with these numbers being in that metric but the reason that those numbers are in that metric is because that's what they're designed to do You're, we're trying to use those numbers we're taking every scrap of data and, and, and this is, like, trust me <laughs> like, I am I am just as hungry as everybody else, right, like, I am not throwing stones here um, like, I want these, I want, I want XR to go into Blizzard's database and tell me what to play too Right. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not what he's doing. That's not what he would never, he wouldn't be doing that anyway. I mean, I guess he did with the other post, Cause he was posting like actual win rates for like some decks that were matching like what, you know, or, well, that weren't matching meta reports, but that, again, that wasn't telling people what to play. That was saying these are, de- the, you know, the decks that are performing well, or have been performing well are not necessarily the decks that everyone thinks are the, are the best decks, so go look harder, right? And it's in his interest as a member of the design team to do that because they don't necessarily want us to find the best deck and refine it and then make that all that there is, right? They want there to be Flux, He's not telling us what to play. He's telling us that there is there is more out there than is in your imagination, Horatio, or whatever the the quote is from Shakespeare. My wife's the English major, I'm not. Right? So it, this is... And, and this is a, gen, a lesson that we can generalize in terms of how you're presenting data and how you're consuming data. Whenever you're consuming data, you need to be... Clear on where it's coming from and what it was intended to show, right? And and this is also, by the way, why I've thought about doing expected win rate for the um for the the Masters Tour qualifier uh, dashboard that I do, and I decided against it. And the reason is that it gets a lot harder when you bring bands into the equation, and you're and you're um, you're looking at individual lineups. Because your expected win rate changes dramatically based on what you ban, so you have you have some additional agency over that that you don't really have on ladders. So I've I've decided not to do that, and and that's why I kind of struggled with when I'm putting the ban page together. This is all at offcurve offcurve.com slash masters tour in case you haven't been over there. Um, you know I have statistics from all the Masters qualifiers. I know I say that a lot, but I also get new listeners, so I want to make sure you, you, you know what I'm talking about. But that, this is why when I was putting the ban page together, I was really kind of struggling with, well, how do I display that data, right? Because I can tell you like how often something was banned, but what, what do you do with that, right? Like that's not helpful unless you're also seeing like, well, what effect did it have? Even now with the version of that that I have, and I, I, I feel like I came to a decent design, I'm never going to be 100% happy with it because that's just the way that I am. But I feel like it's a pretty good compromise based on what I was able to do with it. Where I'm showing it by lineup, showing like how often each class was banned and both by the person playing the lineup and by the opponent. And then what the the win rate was when that ban was chosen, right? Now, there are additional variables in there because that's assuming that... All the lineups are the same, and you know you may ban priest 100% of the time, but nobody's bringing priest, so you're ban you're banning it just because it's weird and you haven't practiced against it, right? There's like a lot of re- a lot of things that are dig into there, which is why I show the details underneath it. That's why I always do drill downs as much as I can, just because, uh, you know, I I trust my users to be able to do what they to to use all the information there to be able to. Come to their own conclusions when there's something that that I'm not showing exactly the way that they want to see it. Um, and and sometimes there are things that are hidden underneath the surface that are you know going to change your perceptions, right? So I, that's why I always show the 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 detail down to like the individual, not necessarily the rows, because we're not getting down to that level all the time. But you know, down to the individual events that are making things up. But you know, like I because I had a first. Pass at it. I think it's probably still in the dashboard because I haven't taken it out. Where it was just like, well, this is what most people banned. uh, You know, this this is what percentage people banned of this lineup. And it's like, well, great. (laughs) You know, I'm and and I don't. I mean, I play THL. I'm not I'm not playing qualifiers, so I'm I'm like dog fooding this stuff a little bit. But I'm putting myself in like the 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 footsteps of somebody who's prepping for a tournament, and it's like, well, that's. Great, but what does that tell me? Does that tell me that I just shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't bother spending too much time practicing this deck? Does that mean that, you know, I'm better off when people do that? Like, what does that mean? It doesn't tell me anything, which is why I added the win rate information because I felt like that was really like, if you're looking at a lineup and you're trying to decide what to ban, like, looking at well, this is what most people are doing and were they right or not is like the second piece of it. Like it doesn't necessarily matter what everybody's doing. Everybody may not be right, <laughs> you know? So adding that, that additional win rate information is important. But again, I'm, I'm doing this with the intention of I'm trying to help you figure out what to ban or, fig- or anticipate what is going to be banned of yours because that's what's useful from that perspective. But that's very different than somebody just reporting on, well, this this percentage was banned, right? Like, if I'm, like, uh, you know, a, uh, a producer of one of the tournament streams, I may not care about any of that. I may just care about, well, this class was banned this amount of the time because that's a story that I'm telling. Right? And and, and I'm trying to communicate that to an audience and give that as, as context for, you know why are players doing what they're doing? Maybe they're going against the grain and they're trying something different and that's a, that's a storyline that I'm going to tell, right? But that's very different than somebody looking at that in between matches and saying, okay, well, this person's playing this lineup and I have these decks and I'm thinking about banning this this class. Is this the right thing to do, right? So this is a very long-winded way of saying that both XR and Corbit are right. XR is right in using actual win rate because that's demonstrating what he's trying to demonstrate and Corbett is right because that data for what he wants to do with it is not useful unless it's um you know adjusted for current ladder uh population percentages and you know that's that's just kind of being careful about being a consumer of data and understanding what you're getting into and what you're using and making sure that you're using the data for the right reasons if you want to know what what deck to play on ladder, go to HS Replay or go to Vicious Syndicate. Don't don't ask XR. He might tell you. He's a nice guy. Seems like a nice guy. But uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on that. I would go to the people who are crafting the data in a way that is designed for the way that you want to use it. All right. So um, that's gonna do it for me for uh, this week. As always, you can find the links to uh, this show and all the show all the links in the show notes for this show and every show at offcurve.com. Which is also where you can find that aforementioned um, Masters Tour dashboard, which is at offcurve.com/masters tour. Um, you can follow the show's account on Twitter at offcurve. You can follow me on Twitter at wickedgood. I stream most Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern uh, at uh, Twitch.tv/wickedgoodfm or um, or Twitch.offcurve.com. You can also join our Discord community, which is a pretty nice and thoughtful group of people um, at uh, discord.offcurve.com. And um, if you are listening to this, I may release this before, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to release this before, the, before we record or not, but certainly by the time that you hear this, um, I will have been guesting on Coin Concede uh, this week. So uh, be sure to check, it out, check that out. You can leave a review on iTunes if you are so inclined. You can also support the show with your money if you are also so inclined. Either of those things are greatly appreciated. My, uh, the, the keyboard on my MacBook died this week. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm not like destitute. I will be replacing it, but, um, you know, that would, you know, anything that makes that a little bit easier will be, will be nice because that's also what I, you know, post the podcasts on and also what I, um, what I update, do all the Tableau and Python work to build a dashboard. So, you know, if you are so inclined, greatly appreciate it. If not also no, no pressure. Like I love that you just listen and just telling a friend is, is more than enough support. So, um, as always, thank you for listening. Um, Hopefully the meta will settle down and we'll all figure out what the hell we're playing and maybe that's something we'll talk about next week. And um, until then, good luck on the ladder, good luck figuring out the new meta, and uh, be good to each other. We'll talk soon. Have a good one.